Welcome to the e-commerce disruptors podcast, where alongside digital marketing experts, we give you our best tips, techniques, and insights on how you can be a disruptor in your industry. It's uh, Noel, Chris, and Morgan on e-commerce disruptors uh, provided by Electric Engine, where we help provide e-commerce tips and strategies to help accelerate your growth. So the topic that we want to cover today is actually three ways to optimize e-commerce conversion rates. And before even jumping into it, I had this uh, interesting experience of watching the VMAs, which was all virtual, uh, a little bit odd and it felt disconnected, but really enjoyed the approach they tried to take. Uh, some people really emphasize the mask, like Lady Gaga, that was a little bit weird. It almost looked like a space alien. And one of the awards I saw that was handed out was for uh, Alternative Music Award. And Machine Gun Kelly won that. I actually been really enjoying the music he's been putting out. And this guy has like a list of papers. Like he's got photographs he's going through. He's like, I want to thank my friends, my family, my daughter, uh, his girlfriend. Like he goes through everyone, except the, accepts the award goes through it and later on he actually puts out a video he's like oh sorry guys i forgot to thank the fans the most important people out there and to me that was just so hilarious to hear because one of the biggest things that you can do actually for optimizing you know your conversion rates is customer reviews it's really the equivalent i mean customer reviews are one of the first things that you're going to look at when it comes to purchasing a product you're going to trust that and it's it's funny in the sense that a lot of businesses actually do the same. They leave out those customer reviews. And, and to me, that's one of the biggest places to start. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that and, and how that can really help and shape your page. Customer reviews are absolutely crucial to the conversion. So one thing I see like a lot with, with brands on, online is that they're only posting their positive reviews. And it's super questionable when you see like all fives and obviously we know because we work in e-commerce that they're just being curated but i think a lot of you know people that are shopping will look at it and think it's suspect so to me it's you know posting negative reviews is absolutely crucial as well and that you should let those be up there but what's more important is that your response to those reviews and if people see that review i guarantee you that one negative review could lead to like a thousand sales because people are seeing how you're responding, what the customer service is like, what was the outcome, and likely you're gonna see a bunch of like uplikes, you know, um, people seeing that review. Um, so, to me, it's it's managing your reviews, curating them, but also being diverse in you know what people are seeing and not just all fives and and whatnot. They need to see uh, the pain points and and how it relates to them. And also um, putting those neg negative reviews to good use. I've, um, I, I don't remember what brand and we probably shouldn't call them out, but uh, they were getting a lot of negative reviews about like the taste or something of their product. And I got an email and they had a whole list of all the negative reviews on it. And they're like, we heard you and we changed the product. And it's like, that's the whole point of them. Like, listen to what your, your customer base is saying and to make the change that you need to make. And also just like where you display your reviews. Uh, I see a lot of reviews just buried behind the stars or, you know, they're not visible on the product detail page. Having them on the homepage is, is cool. I've seen a lot of sites actually pull like positive comments just from Facebook, blur out the photo. And then you see that, you know, it just feels genuine. It feels trustworthy that people are actually, um, you know, it's real experiences that you can relate to. So.
I think having those reviews sprinkled throughout and even in your ads, you can, you can pull reviews right from there. And a lot of apps like stamp.io, which is one of the products plugins we use for Shopify allows you to um, curate that for uh, specifically social. So you can integrate that within your ads. And we did that a lot. We saw a lot of success when we led with uh, testimonials that people felt like they could relate to. So sprinkle those reviews throughout your product pages, your homepage, your landing page, even in your image carousel on the top of your product detail page, um, let them shine because that's what people look for. And when I'm researching a product, especially like on Amazon, the first thing I look at is the reviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we typically use the homepage to just like be all about your brand and your brand voice and your brand message. But like nine out of 10 people are looking for the, what other people are saying about your product. Like they're always looking for that. So don't make your whole homepage just your, you talking because people are going to trust other people more than they trust your brand. So definitely include yeah. those reviews on the homepage somewhere. Absolutely. And that, that, I mean, that recommendation, even when you're talking with your friends, if they're talking about some kind of product, you're more likely to look into it. So being able to get that, that genuine insight versus, you know, what a company might be putting out there is always going to be more trustworthy. And you guys mentioned something really important, which is that those negative reviews and being able to, to let them sit on your website, especially those negative reviews that, are going to be helpful. For example, if, if someone's complaining about shipping or what happened there and you're able to respond and give the reason it, it becomes a benefit versus just a negative stain on, on the brand, for instance. Yeah, and that's, that's a huge pain point for many people is the shipping. Like that'll make or break a conversion when you're at that checkout and you are only learning about what the shipping is, the policies. And if you can see it reflect through customer service that they handled it or it was, you know, what it, they say it is then that just validates it and it builds more trust and the other thing you know with customer reviews is actually getting them a lot of e-commerce sites that i shop on don't even ask me for a review it's just like i if i really love the product i'm going to go back and search for it and see where i can enter one but i also see a lot of brands one of my favorite brands purple they make mattresses they're not afraid to ask for a review and you can actually review it right within the email. So it just makes it even more convenient and frictionless to capture that. Um, it's also like the cadence of when you're asking for a review, you can't ask for it the next day or, you know, right after you bought it. Um, you want to give them some time to try the product, evaluate and, and then have that on a, on a, like at least a two or three week cadence, um, depending on what your product is. I, I also get, I'll get like letters in the mail from people that I bought on Amazon. And it's like, hey, here's a free gift card or something, you know, if you <laughs> give us a review. And I don't they know. They tuck it in the box. They'll have like yeah. a post-it like. And I, I shop on Etsy and stuff a lot all the time. And they'll always like, don't forget to leave me a review on my shop and just like include that with the shipment. Yeah, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. A final reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, if, if we're thinking about reviews, the most important things are a, the amount. So making sure that you're asking for them, making sure that the reviews are recent. That's, that's one other thing. If your reviews are even three months or older, it can really impact whether or not people are taking them seriously. And then lastly, that, the response, even, you know, negative or even positive reviews when you have that engagement online, that's, that's going to be huge, you know, but as, as you're going through the reviews and, and kind of usually through that journey, you, you look at the reviews, but then 
you're obviously going to look at the product and, and, and its benefits. So yeah. that, that's one thing is, is actually really highlighting what, what the product does and those benefits and, and making sure that it's clear on, on, on a page for a consumer to look at is, is a huge aspect of that. Yeah. I, and I, we see a lot of brands do this. Like they don't even lead with the benefits. It's more the functional aspect of it and attributes and stuff like that, but you're not hitting on what, it's solving for the customer so you know oftentimes it's buried in the in the bullet points of a product detail page but you really got to like lead with that on your home page treat your home page in, in essence like it's a landing page and if they don't know what your product is and your benefit is within like 2,000 pixels of scrolling then you're doing a terrible job because most people aren't even to get that far um, and especially on mobile, you know, you, you've really got to lead with that right away. Lead with the value of your product. Don't make people search for it on your website, right? Like it's got to be very visible and, and frictionless. Yeah. Yeah. And there's already so like there's competition in the e-commerce space already because uh, what two years ago, e-commerce was like 9% of the retail space. Now that's almost doubled now and especially in corona time so it's like there's competition in e-commerce but of course it's probably competition about your product too so what makes your product different from the person who's selling the exact same thing just packaged up differently because obviously there's something different about it so showcase that and maybe maybe your product's exactly the same but it's your company that's different in what you're doing with it so showcase those values yeah just and even even the way you tell that story too, right? We, we want to make sure that it's not just a block of copy and this is, hey, this is everything I can do for you. It's got to be engaging. And, and one thing I know that we've been seeing is, is really people have been telling that story um, through the, the images that you usually have on the PDP. You can actually swipe through and, and, and tell that visually rather than just have, you know, this whole chunk of copy. Of course, you're going to want to incorporate uh, that type of copy as well for SEO reasons, but let, let's make sure it's it's not just a heavy, you know, bulk of text to be reading. Yeah, not just like zoomed in pictures of your product. I love pictures of the product, like compared next to something else, so you see how big it is. Like if it's like a furniture or something, like you get to see how it looks in the room or see how it's being used in some way. Um, I think I was looking at water bottles or something, and like I don't know what fluid ounces means when you when you tell me like 80 fluid ounces like how big is that so like when you show me this huge thermos thing like i know it's a really big water bottle and i probably can't fit it in my cup holder things like that <laughs> and so yeah i mean having that kind of compares and and again that visual it just is more engaging overall uh paired with with the benefits that you're going to be using and i mean as you're kind of making this journey you're looking at reviews you're looking at benefits and then i mean the biggest part is just making it all of it frictionless, right? We want to make sure that we're providing every bit of information. I know Chris, you mentioned shipping before. That's a huge hurdle. And, and a lot of times people are looking for, for even more detail. What's, what's the shipping like? What can I expect? Even any, any FAQs you can include, all of that's going to really add up uh, and make a huge. Yeah, all, all those aspects that you mentioned, like shipping, um, like the most frequently asked questions, all these elements need to be visible on a path forward, right? Through conversion. When I land on the home page and I get to the product detail page, at that point, everything should be there and should still be accessible to the point where I don't need to go back or click to another page. 
because then likely you've, you might've lost the conversion right there. So it's about keeping that, those nuggets of information available. Even if you have a shipping page, obviously you should have a shipping page, but that information should be available to you on the product detail page or closer to, you know, checkout essentially. Um, you want to make sure that you're going to continually nudge them forward to get that checkout. And that's what we mean by like the, you know, providing a path forward and making sure that they can get whatever they need to, to, you know, and get through that barrier that's mm -hmm. preventing them from purchasing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sometimes it's just as easy as adding an add to cart. Like when you first mention the product, like they don't have to get all the way to the product page to add the product to their cart. If they know that they want to shop it. And little things I see in checkout sometimes, like they'll include FAQs right in the checkout. So if you have a question about shipping times or if you ship international or to a certain state or something like that, like the information's already there. So you don't have to go back. And then, cause sometimes I see myself just adding open a new tab on my computer to find the answer because it's like, I don't want to lose my spot because yeah. I know, I know myself, I'm not going to go back. So, and I think, yeah, essentially it's, it's removing every obstacle, answering all the questions, just, and as, as easily as you can, like as a user, and I know for me, when, when I'm shopping, if I can't get all that information right away, I'm, I'm going to look, I'm going to start comparing. And then by then you probably lost, you know, a user or a potential buyer to another product that's just laid it out more clearly, even if the product may not necessarily be better. Uh, it's just that experience that is. Yeah. And I think, you know, to really understand like what that path should be, you have to look at your data and analyze what is going on. Like most, most of our clients who reach out to us engage us with a very low conversion rate, right? Like that's what they're looking to solve. If you double or triple your conversion rate, you're automatically tripling your sales right there. So, you know, we've seen conversion rates lower than 0.0. 5% around that. Um, and essentially, you know, you gotta look at the data, you gotta start what's going on with your current customers. And you can look at like the behavior flow and see like where they're landing, where they're exiting. And then you can go to those pages and see what the scroll depth's like, you know, what, what information is crucial to that conversion. Um, so, you know, analyze that, figure out and develop those insights. And then you can really develop that path forward. Make sure you're leaving all those nuggets that people are looking for and, and um, bouncing from. And that's really gonna help you to develop that, that frictionless path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not always gonna get it right the first time. Like upon launch, you might have a good conversion rate, but it's not gonna be perfect because you, you need to optimize. Like your website's never done. We say that all the time and you need to look at the data and you might think your customers are gonna engage with your site one way, but they end up not. And that's okay as long as you look at that and make the changes that you need to, to see better results. Yeah, and it's also just, you know, the creative too, like <laughs> you have to be honest, like would you shop at this site? Does, I mean, creative is very subjective, but does the, does the experience feel premium or does it feel like something that was just set up in a day. Um, I mean, you know, we see so many little scam sites and I've seen brand sites that don't look any better than those sites. So, <laughs> how are you supposed to know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it obviously impacts, you know, how people are feeling about the trustworthiness of your brand. Um, so you definitely have to develop some type of appeal in that sense. And that's something that's unique to your brand. Mm -hmm. 
and building that trust is arguably one of the, the biggest things you want to accomplish with your site. And, and like, like you said, there's, there's so many ways to approach that and, and to build that trust on, on multiple levels. You know, we've gone through a few reviews, you know, benefits of your product, just making sure the path itself is frictionless, but even through the look and feel. And, and I, I think you made a great point where it's also take a look at your site and, and ask, would, would you, would you buy from here? And, and, and if, if, if the answer is no, or you hesitate, start thinking about why you don't necessarily have to, you know, you can look at the data and, and you don't have to make assumptions. You can really put together a very um, smart approach based off of, of all the insights that, that you're gathering. So, so wanted to thank uh, you guys for joining us, Chris and Morgan. Always uh, a pleasure having you on e-commerce disruptors. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Uh, make sure to check us out on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be posting uh, all of our episodes on our podcast and uh, on Spotify. So again, stay tuned for our next episode. And thanks everyone for uh, tuning in. This has been the e-commerce disruptors podcast presented by Electric Engine. Subscribe today to stay up to date on all future episodes. Please follow us at Electric Engine on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or shoot us an email at podcast at electricengine.com. That's engine spelled E-N-J-I-N. Feel free to leave us any comments or questions about this episode and let us know what you'd want to hear in future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening.